Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. Hello, welcome everybody. I see some new faces today. My name is Casey. I am an instructor for Inside LA. Welcome to Inside LA Sunday Sit Long Beach. As I like to say, I'm a student that happens to be teaching. (laughs) Thank you all for coming out today. We have an amazing car show happening in Long Beach. (laughs) And you decided to come here. (laughs) So I've been away for three weeks. This is the longest I think I've ever been away from the Sunday sit in over two years. And I was at a retreat and one of the teachers there, she does a lot of work in the prison system. And they were looking at emotions and the value of emotions. And she asked the prisoner, uh, what is the value of the emotion of sadness? And they meditated on a while. And one prisoner came back and he said, the value of sadness is that it shows me the importance of what I have lost. Shows me the importance of what I have lost. And I was thinking about that when I was away from the group. I was feeling sad. (laughs) And it showed me the importance of having spiritual friends and having a container to practice that is safe and loving and accepting. So I'm glad to be back and see all of you. So we're, go- we're going to be talking today about uh, bringing love into life. I forgot how I wrote it on Facebook. Um, bringing, bringing, life, bringing love to life. Bringing love to life is what we're going to be talking about. So this has two meanings, bringing love to life, brightening up love. Right, bringing it to life, breathing life into love, but also bringing love into every aspect of our life. And this is really, really important. You know, I had a friend of mine owned some um, gas stations, and he would tell me, you know, gas stations are a, a nickel and dime business. You don't make much money on the gas, you make money when people go to the convenience store inside the gas station. And they buy a little, a little something. Right? And the cultivation of, of love is like this. It's kind of a nickel and dime business. Is that we just have a little bit, we, we get a little bit at a time. And this is really important to think of it like this. Because sometimes we can maybe make a big deposit into our, our bank of love. But if we don't manage our money right, if we don't manage our love right, we could end up still being depleted, right? So let's say if we do a meditation retreat on loving kindness, we spend two weeks or something cultivating loving kindness. Yet we haven't really made a stable effort 
to make kindness part of our life. So I don't know how many of you have gone on retreat and you have that little honeymoon period, you're back from retreat, and for about the next three days, you're just glowing. You're like, I'm probably enlightened right now. It's like, <laughs> I'm feeling that good. No, nothing can touch me, you know? This is amazing. You know, and then about four or five days, you're like, mm. <laughs> chink in the armor starting to show itself. You know, and then, you know, two weeks out of it, you're like, huh, what retreat? And I can barely remember anything, right? So we need to cultivate the habit of loving kindness, compassion, all the time. There's a great saying that there's two ways for enlightenment to happen. One is to sit with the mystery until it consumes you. And the other way to go about it is to eat the mystery bite by bite until it fills you up. So the more the wisdom practices are sitting in the mystery until it consumes us. But with, the, with loving kindness, compassion, we could eat the mystery bite by bite until it fills us up. And it's not really a mystery, is it? Love? It's not really a mystery. Yeah? It's right here. It's the, it's the day-to-day love. Like when, when we look into the heart practices, the saints don't ever talk about this unearthly love. It's the love that's actually right here. It's this tangible, day-to-day, petting an animal, saying thank you, saying hello, saying good job. <laughs> Those little things. They can make a big, big difference. So what keeps us away from, from this love? And we could break this down to pretty much it's the ways that we feel divided or we feel separate. So they've done studies on frustration and anger, and this is really where we, we feel a lot of division when we get frustrated, we get angry. And it boils down to not getting what we want, right? We're going somewhere. There's this idea of we need something and something is in our way. They've done studies with young children, probably not the most moral, ethical studies, you know, just these little babies, and they just put a toy out in front of the baby. And as the boy, as the, as the baby is moving towards the toy, they just take their hands and just, you know, put them like this, and they automatically, just a few months old, starts to cry, right? So when something is in our way, then automatically we feel frustrated. How many of you are thinking of traffic right now? <laughs> when something is in our way from getting what we want, right? So we have this idea that we're going somewhere, especially in life, that we're going somewhere, and if something is in our way, then that's going to cause us anger and frustration and especially division. But we're actually not going anywhere. We could look at it in a different way, is that we're either moving towards or away from love. That's it. We're either moving away from love or towards love. We're actually not going anywhere where we're going to end up 
this magic bowl of happiness. Right? We have this idea that we're moving towards a, a perfect, perfect combination of life circumstances where it's going to be all blissful and happy forever and ever. Right? People say things like, I don't know when my life's going to begin. Away from my life. I need to come together. We need to find my passion in life. And everything's going to come together so perfectly. But that really doesn't happen quite like that, right? Everything's impermanent, and we're a process. Our life is a process. We're not going anywhere. Maybe on an ultimate level, they could say that we've actually never been born, like we're not going to die, right? We're a process, right? Everything's always in flux. But on a relative level, where we really want to go is back into love. This is where we really want to go. Those things that we really want, that people may be in our way of, right, are stopping us from. We really just want to move back into love. This is the wholeness that we're looking for. Even on our way home from work, we just want to be happy. We want to get home so we could be happy already. So there's this idea that we're going to go somewhere and then we're going to get happiness. Everything that triggers happiness is triggering something that's already inside, right? What if we did it the other way around where we just decided to be happy and decided to be loving and then see what happens, right? I was working with a client who is an extremely beautiful young woman. And she has severe social anxiety. And when she was telling me the story, I was just, my heart just went out to her because I thought, wow, I would have never thought in a million years that a a young woman like this, who seems so self-assured and just really beautiful, that she she would have this social social anxiety. She was going out with a, a new group of friends and she was saying the whole day she was almost sick to her stomach. And so she ended up going out that night, and it, it wasn't as bad as she thought that it, it, that it could have been. But one thing that we're working with is that the people that she was meeting, I bet she made them nervous, you know? <laughs> and I bet what, what they were thinking, like who knows what they were thinking? And we're all looking for this love, approval, and appreciation. And if we're sitting with other human beings and we just send, we're just sending them love, that's it. We're just sending them love and kindness. I mean, how many of us have spent most of our lives just wanting to be paid attention to? I mean, how loving is that if you could sit with somebody and just look at them and just be with them and just listen? Just that. And we don't need to put on this big show and try to fit in. All we need to do is love somebody just by listening, just by being there, by being present, attentive. Gosh, what a gift. Could you imagine how much reciprocal love we would get if that was our attitude going in, not trying to fit in, but allowing somebody else to fit in because we're all thinking the same thing. We're all thinking in social environments, am I fitting in? (laughs) We don't really look so much about to others and try to judge them so much. We're really judging ourselves all the time. 
So it's really the opposite of what society is telling us. Society is saying if you get this and you look like this, and you get this job and you wear these clothes and all that stuff, and then people are going to like you, and then you're going to be happy, you're going to be super cool. It's awesome. But really, what happens if we're this pillar, we are this pillar of love already? And we go out in the world and we're smiling and we're kind and we're compassionate and we listen. I'd like to all embarrass Tenzin here for a moment. <laughs> Tenzin is amazing. He's this incredible, incredible young man. And he has spent years and years volunteering for all these amazing projects. Everybody loves Tenzin. <laughs> I know this. I love Tenzin. Everybody loves Tenzin. We love Tenzin because he just gives. Every time I talk to Tenzin, he's giving in another way. He's making food for the homeless. He's bringing dog food for the homeless dogs. He's volunteering with Justin Rudd's group. It's really incredible. Tenzin has lots and lots of friends. I was at his birthday, what was it, last year, I think. Just this full table. Amazing in this restaurant. It's incredible. Incredible. And he just gives all the time. It's a great example. So another way that we divide. The Buddha said if you want to be happy, then abandon things that you do not own. Abandon what you do not own. quite deep, actually. <laughs> so we think of material things, like things that we don't own, just abandon that. And he's talking about attachment, of course. But also, too, not only the material things, but abandoning, I mean, what do we really own, for real? What do we really own? <clears throat> do we own even our bodies, that we own our thoughts. I think this interesting thing that happens with, in like child development with all of us and all children. This is an amazing word, but it causes so much frustration and anger. It's amazing. This word's called mine. Mine. That's mine. And we see in children how arbitrary it is. It's like somebody gives them a toy and they're like, mine, you know mind and then somebody tries to take it it's bad news right <laughs> but then we grow up and we have a lot of division it's between it's mine and yours that's it that's the division and don't mess with mine right it's mine it's my country it's my husband it's my wife it's my son it's my daughter it's mine So I thought maybe we'd do some meditations on these two things, on where, where, do you th we, where do we think we're going, where we need to go to find this happiness. We're all on this pursuit of happiness, right? And also a little bit of meditation on what do we hone, just looking deeper. So just settling in to a comfortable position for you.
And maybe just becoming aware of your body, your body sitting on the cushion, your body sitting on the chair. Just feeling the weight of your body as it sits. And just allowing your awareness to collect in the body. And then moving your awareness to your heart center, whatever that means to you. It can be near your physical heart, be the center of your chest. It's wherever you feel kindness arise, compassion arise. And if it helps for you, you could even put your hand on your chest. And with self-compassion for yourself, it's very important to keep this compassion as we, as we look within. Allowing to come to mind a situation or something in your life where you feel like you really need to get somewhere and there may be people in your way. And this could be something small like something at work, maybe a position at work or Maybe people or traffic is a good example. It could be something in your house where something needs to be done just a certain way. It's someone or something holding you back from getting what you want. And are you feeling frustration? Separateness. And again, with self-compassion, just looking. And it's okay to feel this way, we all do. But just notice how this makes you feel. You feel this frustration. And then thinking if there's others involved, remembering that they're just like you. <coughs> trying to get something to that they believe is going to bring them more happiness, love, connection, approval. And then maybe open yourself up to the possibility of feeling love right where you are. Maybe instead of needing this thing or a situation to work out in a certain way. Just opening up to maybe feeling that as life is right now.
as you are right here. And then bringing this sense of love into this next inquiry. Seeing if it's possible to abandon the attachment of what you don't own. Remember, we don't own the people in our lives. Most importantly, we could start there. They have free choice. Can we love them anyway? And we are born with this body. This body is as it is. We don't need a self-identifier of it as a possession. Can we love our bodies just the way that it is? And these emotions too, they just come and go. spring up from nowhere and they fall back into the mystery. So loving emotions just as they are. And if we're to look into all of our minds, we all think we have crazy monkey minds. Thinking of all this crazy stuff all the time. Thoughts come and go from nowhere. We don't own them. We could say my thoughts, but we really don't know. So this inner critic, maybe just sending some love and compassion its way too. And then next, looking at how we can connect First of all, we can connect because we all suffer. Doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have, where you live in the world. At some point in our lives, we all suffer. So all the people that we think we're in division of, we're coming into some common ground we all suffer in some way. And maybe think of people you know on the outside, it looks like they have it all. But maybe their parent is dying. jobs in jeopardy, we never know.
And then the last one is obvious, how we connect, is that we all want love. And some of us go about this in maybe some ways that are not so skillful. Maybe we were not trained on the proper ways to receive love, how to get love in a healthy way. Then maybe revisiting the situations or people in your life that may be holding you back. And really connecting to these situations with love that if there's a person involved, that person may be suffering in his or her own way. And is really just looking for love. And then extending this visualization not only to those difficult people, but just the day-to-day people in your life. What would it be like to walk through a day in your own life? Really with your heart looking at each person as if they may be having a challenging time or looking for love. Would you listen more, smile more? Offer to lend a hand. See yourself driving, everyone's trying to get home to their families, their loved ones, their pets. Maybe they're hungry, they're tired for a long day. See yourself sending them kindness. And lastly, notice, just notice how you feel in your body. Maybe it's tangible, maybe not so much. But just thinking of kindness, love, compassion, might make you feel a certain way. Just remember, we have not gone anywhere. Nobody has given us a gift. Not done anything. Except looked into what was already there. Right there inside each and every one of us. So maybe what we're looking for, we already have. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. 
For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.